0: Welcome to the Starting Line Church Sermons Podcast. Here at Starting Line Church, we are all about helping people embrace that there is more to life through Jesus. This sermon was first given at Starting Line Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, hey, Starting Line Church, my name is Zach, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm thrilled to be with you today as we continue our series, Possessing the Promise. Over the last several weeks, Uh, We have been diving into the story um, of the Israelites finally attaining the promised land that God was giving them. If you remember, years ago we did um, a walkthrough of Exodus. And in that we detailed the Israelites' journey from slavery and captivity to the Egyptians to their freedom. And in that we, we found that they disobeyed. God, when they went to inherit this land. And so they, so God caused them to wander in the wilderness for forty years. And so we're now picking up the story in Joshua, where they're now finally able to attain uh, what God had promised them, right? If you remember, um, by this time, Moses um, uh, has has passed away um, he is he is passed on his leadership to this guy named Joshua um, and over the last couple of weeks we've been looking at how the spies um, infiltrated uh, Jericho and were helped by uh, Rahab and how uh, they've crossed over the Jordan River into this new land um, they've built up last week we talked about the memorial that they built up to remember what God had done for them well today we are picking up with really the first steps that the Israelites are taking into their new land so they have crossed the Jordan River God has done this miraculous thing in which they have set the stones aside to remember to commemorate but it's time for them to finally take the land and what they are coming up against is Jericho Now, I don't know about you, but I am sure times in your life, and if not, you will, um, that you have come up against a challenge that just seems impossible or insurmountable, right? You know that God is asking you to do something, but as you stand back and you look at it, it really seems impossible, right? It seems like there's an obstacle standing in the way of what God has promised you. And whatever it is, whatever it may be, There's a temptation that comes in that moment to turn away from what God has promised, right? Or or, or maybe you're faced with um, a a sin in your life that just seems too impossible to overcome, right? But you know that in doing this and in continuing in uh, maybe this addiction, that this isn't what God wants for you, right? Maybe this is something even that society says is okay, But you know, deep down, this isn't what God has for me. This is not part of the plan that God has for my life. But whatever it is, in those moments where we face that challenge, we have a choice to make. How will we overcome So today we're going to walk through the story of the Israelites conquering their first city and what it means for us today. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn with me to Joshua chapter 5. Here we find Israelites on the other side of the Jordan River, and they are ready to go to war to reclaim the land that God has promised them. But there's a problem, and that problem is the city of Jericho. Now, Jericho uh, was a heavily fortified city belonging to the Canaanites. Um, it was home; uh, it was the home city of Rahab, who we looked at a couple of weeks ago. In fact, it was known to be the most fortified city in the western western part of Canaan, and ultimately was crucial for the Israelites to control that territory. So you have this nation who has been wandering, has essentially been nomads for 40 years. And the first city that God leads them to is the heaviest fortified city in the area. The problem is if they didn't overcome this, right? If they didn't just go around Joshua, then it would stand as an obstacle in the path of obtaining the promised land so the road goes through jericho for the israelites let's pick up reading joshua chapter 5 starting with verse 13. when joshua was near the town of jericho he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand joshua went up to him and demanded are you friend or foe neither one he replied i am the commander of the lord's army At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. So here we see Joshua. Um, He is kind of out ahead of Israel, right? Most likely, Israel is camped. Um, you know, quite a bit of ways away from Jericho. And so he kind of goes up ahead a little bit, begins to serving on his land. And I, I imagine what's going through his mind, right? I can imagine that he's probably standing on some sort of like ridge or something like that. And he's looking at Jericho and the thoughts that are going through his mind is like, how are we going to do this? We don't have the sizable army to overcome Jericho. Or maybe he's pondering the strategy, you know, maybe... Maybe we'll cause a siege, right? Uh, we'll cut off all water and food from the city. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just lay siege to the city. Like, that seems like a pretty good military strategy. And so, in the quietness of this pondering, Jesus is met by a person described as the commander of the Lord's army. And immediately we see Joshua fall down face first in a sign of reverence. There's a lot of debate here over uh, who Joshua encounters, right? Some suggest that this is an angel of some sort, right, sent by God to instruct Joshua on how he is to overcome, to overtake Jericho. However, another popular theory um, is that this is what we would call a Christophany, uh, which is the appearance of Jesus, the Son of God. Right? Uh, this, is, this is a combination of two words, Christ, referring to Jesus, and ophany which comes from the Greek word phaeno, uh, which means to appear or to be seen. Right? So this very possibly could be Jesus, like thousands of years pre-Christmas. Because remember, Jesus wasn't just alive for those 30-some years that uh, we have written in the Bible, right? Jesus is the Son of God. He is part of the Trinity. He has always been, right, since the beginning. So some scholars believe that this could actually be Jesus himself revealing to Joshua the plans that God has. In fact, we see a lot of similarities between Uh, Joshua's encounter here with the the commander of the Lord's army and Moses' encounter with God in the burning bush, right? They both instruct them to take off their sandals because the ground on which they're standing is holy. But what we see here in the following chapter is a pattern that Joshua follows to help him overcome this immense obstacle in their path, right? You can imagine the restlessness In Joshua's heart, the nervousness, the anxiousness of how are we going to do this? And right, suddenly he is met uh, by somebody, right, high up in heaven, whether it's a high-ranking angel or whether it's Jesus himself. And we see Joshua's leadership on full display. In reality, we see three key things that help him and Israel to overcome this obstacle in front of them. The first key that we see and the first key for us when overcoming a challenge in life is submission. Now, especially in our Western culture, we tend to not like this word, right? No one can tell me what to do. No one controls me. I am my own person. But in order for us to set out on the path before us, we are called to submit to God. Jesus, or uh, Joshua does this um, in a couple of ways, right? His simple response. So first of all, he lays down, uh, face down on the ground, right? This is a, a, a sign of, of humility. This is a sign of, of submission. And then he asks, what do you want me to do? Right? Joshua is the leader of Israel. He's, he's the head honcho, yet he possesses the humility to realize that he is called to be in submission to God. James 4, chapter 7 is often uh, translated two ways. The first, uh, out of the NIV, is it says, submit yourselves to God, or in the NLT, humble yourselves before God. And the reality is, because of that word, submission is often translated back and forth between submission and humility. Because in reality, those two things go hand in hand. When we're first faced with an obstacle, our first choice is how we view ourselves. What do I believe? What can can I push forward in my own strength with a head full of steam and, and solve this, right? Maybe I can overcome this with my own willpower. I don't need help. I don't need God's help. I can do this myself. I can just try a little harder. But what we're called to do, what we were created to do when faced with obstacles and challenges is to choose to humble ourselves, facing obstacles with humility, submitting ourselves to God involves taking control of our life away from us and handing it over to God. Right? Joshua doesn't say, all right, let's hear what you have to say, and then I'll make the final decision. He immediately submits. He takes off his shoes because he is on holy ground. In the same way, we should take the same posture as Joshua. We take off our sandals. We lay ourselves down. We choose to submit to God. Because so often we try to overcome uh, sin and and challenges by our sheer willpower alone, right? I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to do this my way. But the first posture that we can take is by surrendering, by submitting to humbling ourselves because whether we like to admit it or not, we are all in submission to something. What we listen to, what we follow, what we model our life after. Right? Am I in submission to my job, what I want in life, right, the American dream? Or am I in submission to God? Let's keep reading Joshua chapter 6. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut. Because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priests and said, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave the orders to the people, march around the town and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. So we find that the Lord speaks to Joshua through this commander and gives him uh, the instructions on how to conquer this town, right? Seems a little unorthodox, right? I mean, you have this city that needs conquering, right? It has these huge walls, right? Maybe a siege would be a good idea. Marching around in circles does not seem like a sound military strategy, But what does Joshua do? Joshua's submission led to his obedience. It sounds wacky, and and I can imagine that Joshua probably also thought so as well. right? He's like, are you sure maybe the desert heat isn't getting to you? Really, God, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to march around in circles around the city. Even in the midst of some doubt, I'm sure, Jeshua led with obedience. Because he had already done the work of submission, it made his obedience even easier. He knew this is what God wanted for them. He trusted and obeyed that what God said is ultimately what would come true. Because God had proved himself time and time again. Like how often do we do this? Right? We we say we follow Jesus, sure. Maybe maybe we actually do. We submit to him, we follow and listen to what he has to say. But then he asks us to do something crazy out of left field. Maybe that doesn't quite make sense and we're like, "Nah, I got this. I can do this on my own." Right? Or or maybe we begin to question what God has to say. Is that really what he said? or we begin to justify, maybe this isn't what God meant. Maybe I heard him wrong. But ultimately, the Israelites' obedience led to their victory. So we find the Israelites leaving that first day to go march around the city. Right. The fact remains that because Joshua submitted himself to God, it led to his obedience, which ultimately led To his confidence in what god would do god promised to deliver jericho to them and that's exactly what happened let's finish the story on the seventh day the israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before but this time they went around the town seven times the seventh time around as the priests sounded the long blasts on their horns joshua commanded the people shout for the lord has given you the town Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into the treasury. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. And suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. In all honesty, it takes an immense amount of confidence to do this. Right? You really think marching around in circles is going to cause these walls to fall down? Chances are they're walking around these outer walls. They would have been in full view of the people of Jericho even risking their lives maybe of archers above, up on the wall tops. But these walls are just going to fall down. Kind of goes against physics a little bit. But in their confidence, they moved forward with their obedience. The same is true with us. When we are faced with obstacles to overcome, we can have confidence in what God will do when we choose to submit and obey. How amazing is that? Imagine going into situations with confidence in what God will do, because you know that no matter the outcome, God is in control of it. Submission, obedience, confidence. When faced with seemingly impossible situations, this is the recipe. This is the pattern that we can follow Joshua in. As we've seen, Joshua is a great leader and an example that we can all follow. So what does this mean for us? I don't know what you're going through or maybe what you're about to go through. But I do know that at some point in our life, we will face some Jerichos. And when those moments come where we're standing before them, we're surveying the land ahead. We have a choice to make right imagine being a bystander seeing this unfold from a distance can this nation that's been wandering for 40 years really overtake this giant they don't have the resources maybe they should just go around and maybe come back when they're stronger but it's in these moments where we can choose to either follow human wisdom Or we can choose to humble ourselves, submit to God, and make the choice to obey whatever he asks us to. And it's by this that we have great confidence. So as a way of response, I want you uh, to spend a few minutes maybe identifying some Jerichos in your life. Maybe you're standing before a Jericho right now. Or maybe you see one coming in the future. Whatever that challenge is that just seems too difficult to overcome, ponder this question. How will you submit to God and lead in obedience? Maybe there's a verse that comes to mind that needs to be your reminder. Write it down. Maybe you need to make a plan now for what you'll do in the future. Right, our last time together, we talked about how uh, the Israelites piled these stones in the Jordan River that was going to serve as a reminder, not only to them, but to their future generations of what God had done. And so maybe in these next couple of minutes, you need some type of memorial. Maybe it's highlighting a verse in your Bible. Maybe it's you know writing something out and putting it on your refrigerator to remind yourself, before you face Jericho even, Of how will I submit? How will I humble myself? How do I need to do that? And how do I walk forward in obedience? So that no matter the Jericho that I face, I know that I can overcome it with confidence. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you don't ask us to conquer our Jerichos on our own even the presence of of your commander with Joshua showed him and the nation of Israel that you were there alongside them. And so Jesus, whenever we face Jericho or maybe we're facing one right now, God, would you give us the strength and the courage to submit, to obey, and to move forward in confidence? Amen. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Starting Line Church or to help support our ministry here, check us out at www.startingline.church.